Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. JP Ong, our finance presenter. I'm Clarissa Montero. Having had an amazingly blur moment just a minute ago looking at the CNBC screens, I turned to JP and I said, who's DJ Indus? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the weekend is still about 36 hours away, right, Clarissa? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's been that kind of day on the trading floor, so I suppose my brain's pretty fried at this point. I mean, at this point, my lips are pursed into the letter S because that's all you can do right now uh, to keep from uh, breaking into a bit of a glum frown. But overall, again, no surprises. The markets are still rather averse and the markets are still trading downwards. It's still a seller's market at the moment, mm-hmm. especially uh, definitely here in Singapore. Also, you're seeing that the local benchmark, the Straits Times Index, continues to fall. They're down to about 0.4%. Um, what I am worried about too here is the fact that uh, we did uh, over the month of April, we did see that impressive gain where we saw this, the Straits Times Index actually rise by about 6%, give or take there. And the thing is, we are we started off the month of April at about 3,212. So mm-hmm. we're roughly about 60 points away from that particular level at the moment. And, right. uh, and we are averaging about loss of about 11 to 20 points every day. So the question now is, are these worries that have been sparked by the U.S.-China uh, trade tensions, could it actually see the Straits Times Index wipe out those monthly gains that we saw that, that, that kicked off the second quarter? So, so it's something we're going to be having to be monitoring over the next couple of days. But of course, the big uh, news, of course, that everyone is still watching out for are these trade talks that are about to kick off over in the U.S. Today's day one, but the backdrop continues to be rather tense. Mm-hmm. U.S. President Donald Trump now adding even more context, uh, to put it lightly, or, or, or for lack of a better term, context or fire even, fuel to the fire perhaps, by saying that the China broke the deal because apparently uh, they did send over a communique or a 150-page amendment to the draft the deal. And in that amendment, they walked back a number of these uh, of agreements that they that they came to in the last couple of months. And this apparently enraged Trump and enforced the trade delegation on the U.S. side to, to recommend walking back or imposing these tariffs uh, on Friday lunchtime, which will be less than 24 hours away unless they come to a deal on day one. So the pressure is on for both sides to try and come to this particular deal. But so far, markets are not, uh, they're not resting on their laurels at the moment. In fact, they're also trying to process uh, a response from China saying that if they do see tariffs rise, they will have to retaliate. Mm-hmm. So whether, how they're going to retaliate is anyone's guess at the moment. But there are, they, China does have a number of options. In the past, they have hit American agricultural products. They have hit American imports. They might also start to walk back uh, certain provisions for, um, for American banks and financial institutions that have been trying to make more inroads in the Chinese economy. But so far, it's having you look at markets today and really the only places where you're seeing gains right now are in the Oceanian region. You're seeing the ASX 200 in Sydney up by about a, a third of a percent. Same thing with the New Zealand. Uh, mm-hmm. index out in Auckland, but everybody else is pretty much in the red. You're seeing the Straits Times Index down. Shanghai continues to fall back. They're down by about 0.7%. The Shenzhen Bourse down by 1.4%. And the Nikkei 225 can't catch a break. And as long as the Japanese yen continues to strengthen, which it's now at about 110 spot uh, 12 against the US yep. dollar, you're going to continue to see the Nikkei 225 weigh, uh, feel this pressure and this weight. Keep in mind, too, that later on, in less than an hour, we're also going to be looking at the earnings of some key key 
uh, Japanese companies, the likes of SoftBank, Panasonic, are going to be releasing uh, their earnings later. And, uh, and a lot of this will uh, provide some context for where Japanese markets might be heading. But it seems that the direction is down no matter where you look, except unless you look down under. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I can understand why I wondered who DJ Indus was. <laughs> it's just been that kind of day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other news is there other than the fact that everybody's down and it's not looking like it's it's coming back up and, and it's pretty tense at the uh, trade talks? What other big news is there? Well, one other thing we're looking at also is an interesting call from a former China bull that who's starting to turn a little bit bearish. He is a fund manager. He is a strategist that actually called China's recent stock rally that saw the straight, the Shanghai Composite gain by, by over 30% year-to-date before pulling back. This is Tuan Huin. He's a CIO for the Asia-Pacific region at Deutsche Bank Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. And we did speak to him on prime time a couple of months ago, actually. But today, it seems that he is actually changing his view on the country's stocks, at least in the short term, because of all of this uncertainty, saying that, that uh, there is some profit-taking to be made in Chinese equities right now because of the uncertainty. Uh, it's also because uh, they expect the, the U.S.-China trade negotiations to end without an agreement this time. Now, Tuan Huin has said that they will probably reach a deal, but not this week, and we might have to deal with the short-term uh, repercussions of an increase in tariffs on those $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. He does think, though, that uh, the additional tariffs that might be laid, that, that Trump has threatened to lay on more than $325 billion worth of Chinese goods might not come to pass. But this might be enough just to jolt the markets again. But we're going to have to watch out for what exactly China will do if they retaliate. Uh, Mr. Tuan Huin has said also that their tactical advice right now for investors is to try to take profits in Chinese from Chinese markets and recalibrate until we get more word from them. So uh, just another one of these uh, fund managers that's saying, you know what, even I, a former bull, is I'm, I'm choosing to stay on the sidelines right now until the smoke clears and we figure out exactly what direction to take once the talks over the next 48 hours is concluded. Are there more analysts coming to the conclusion that there won't be a deal? Well, you know, it's rather split, actually. So when you talk to the likes of uh, Jamie Dimon, who is mm-hmm. the CEO of, uh, of uh, JP Morgan, he actually thinks that there's an 80% chance that they're going to reach, a, reach an agreement this week. Mm-hmm. So, But when but, but, I mean, you talk to the folks at Goldman Sachs, they say that there's a 40% chance that they're right. going to see tariffs actually rise, which means there won't be a deal. So again, the consensus is rather split. Again, also shows that, uh, that it's, really, knows. it's really difficult to read what's going on it's behind the scenes there. Call. It's too close to call and, uh, and rather uh, too unpredictable, to be honest, as well. Well, there are certain factors there that contribute to that unpredictability. Best World takes Bonitas to court. That is true. And it's interesting. Are they having a hissy fit? Um, I think they, they might be, but I, I think it's also, they're also being emboldened by the fact that they had a very decent first quarter in terms of profits. And when you do see, when you, when you are uh, buoyed or at least emboldened by a very impressive first quarter uh, uh, earnings report, it does give you a little bit of uh, more courage to go out and uh, go after some of your skeptics and your critics. Now, mm-hmm. Bonitas, as we know, is a famed short seller and they did say, call into question a number of their accounting practices and some of the sales practices of Best World saying that they think uh, there, there might be some instances of irregularities with sure. regards to their operations in China. And Best World today has said that they are starting defamation proceedings against Bonitas Research based on the report that they pl- uh, that they published where they questioned the authenticity and legality of uh, Best World's skincare firm's profits. Now, it says there that the report, according to Best World, is clearly, uh, was clearly published to, to undermine the reputation of the group and also to financially benefit Bonitas. Keep in mind that Bonitas is a short seller. Mm-hmm. So whenever they take a short position in a company, if that company does does poorly or they see the shares go down, they actually profit from some of the sure. from short options that they take. So it's so they, they think that this was done with a malicious intent to try and create a situation where it harms uh, uh, Best World and actually benefits 
Bonitas. So going back to Best World also, they did report earlier on that their profits in the first quarter jumped by about 79% to 5.8 million Singapore dollars. Mm. But no matter what the bottom line is, given the questions that that Bonitas has raised, it, uh, you know... uh, It does still cast a cloud of dubiousness as to how how legitimate some of these numbers are based on the question. I'm not saying that uh, that Best World is fraudulently reporting. That's not something I'm saying. uh, That's not something I'm in a position to say. I haven't really looked at the numbers. But again, the the, the perception and the questions that might be raised over this report, over how trustworthy these numbers are, has been cast by the likes of by by this report from Bonitas. Of course, Best World is moving forward and trying to take Bonitas to court here. We want to take a look at how how, uh, Best World is doing so far today. And you're seeing Best World shares continue to fall despite that that good first quarter report where they saw earnings or net income rise by about 79%. Their stock is down by about 2.5% this Thursday, trading at about $1.58 a piece. So a bit of excitement, I guess, for the part of Best World and Bonitas. But again, you know, a lot of questions to be asked. Uh, when, and we'll see what happens when these proceedings actually take place and what's actually brought in front of the High Court of Singapore. It almost feels like Best World had to do this to mm-hmm. try to uh, repair some of the damage of their reputation. It's, it's true. And uh, you don't, uh, it's, uh, you can't blame them for choosing not to take it lying down and mm. for choosing to fight back. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but so, but there's, of course, a lot of sticking points. Keep in mind, too, that uh, Bonitas isn't the only one that's actually raised questions yeah. about Best World's practices. Our own uh, business times down the hall have also called into question some of the accounting practices and some of the sales practices of, uh, of Best World. And Bonitas, in some sense, their, sh- their, their report has called into question. They did claim that they visited a number of sites, um, uh, some of the stores of Best World out in China. They said that some 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 of their staff was actually surprised that uh, they had customers coming in. They're actually surprised as to why people were still trying to come in and buy some of the product, which does raise, which I can see why it would raise a cl- why it would, would cast clouds of of doubt in the minds of Bonitas and thus prompting them to re- issue this report. That said, there's still going to be a a, a, lo- a lawsuit that both sides are going to have to contend with and try to clear up. Right. Okay. So, rest of the day on uh, the STI. The STI. We're not touching thirty-three, are we? No. And uh, <laughs> and there and uh, and there is a chance that we could see um, losses continue to widen. If you recall, Clarissa, on Tuesday we actually saw the markets try to attempt a bit of a relief rally, saying mm-hmm. that uh, in some ways investors perhaps asking themselves, was the big sell-off, the three percent sell-off on Monday, a bit an overdone, overreaction. an overreaction? It seems now, as we're getting closer to these trade talks, and as we and uh, as we start to process a lot of these claims from both sides. Oh, China China backtracked on a number of these uh, these agreements. China saying, oh, we're going to retaliate. We're going to mm-hmm. start reviewing some of these steel imports and see if there are uh, there are cases of, of uh, dumping with regards to U.S. and EU steel products here in China. You know, the rhetoric is starting to ramp up again. And uh, while the rhetoric is ramping up, people are going to be heading for safe havens at the moment. We're going to look at the likes of uh, the yen, which we said has, mm-hmm. weakened, has uh, strengthened quite a bit. This was Frank also taking on some refuge. Government bonds. U.S. 10 years, Japanese 10 years, even German 10 years, all benefiting so far today. And gold also taking on some strength. But we're going to take a closer look at gold as a precious metal and also as a safe haven uh, play later on. Because when you look at gold year to date, it's only up by less than a percent since the start of the year. Now, we this year, 2019, has been pockmarked with a lot of volatility. But despite that, it seems that investors are flocking to other safe haven assets more and more. Or perhaps that's the perception we have. And we're going to be speaking to a fund manager later on from Marion Global Investors to get his take on why gold has been behaving this way and whether or not uh, there there is room for gold in an investor's, uh, in a retail investor's portfolio, especially with all this volatility that people will have to deal with.
Okay, so that's later on on prime time today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out later today on prime time with JP Ong as well how the markets closed, how they opened in Europe, and how the trade talks and how they went affected trading on the US market before But no. he's done. Yeah. <laughs> today. <laughs> you have a nice long day ahead of you. A very busy, jump packed. Can't wait. <laughs> All righty. This has been Market View with JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Monterey. You're on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at Money FM. M893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.